Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Kill Report Podcast, episode 236. My name's Benjamin Yoder, and I'm here today on a Friday to talk about video games, although it is Monday when you hear this, as usual, but I tend to try to record these uh, as soon as possible on the weekend, but sometimes it gets pushed out for a variety of reasons, whether that be busy with something else going on, or also uh, if I just don't have enough to talk about. But this week, I, I surprisingly had a, a pretty decent set of stuff before even the end of the week, so... I get to do it a little early, get this out of the way uh, uh, sooner in the week. Um, first and foremost, one thing I should say happened is uh, I accidentally <laughs> spiked my phone into a table. So that was cool. Um, I had like a Samsung Galaxy S7 that I got um, probably about four or five years ago. Funnily enough, I got like uh, what was uh, the latest phone at the time because I was like, I'm going to be ready for when Final Fantasy XI or Final Fantasy XI, uh, uh, mobile HD remake or whatever comes out. Final Fantasy XI R, as it was usually called. Uh, and hey, look where we're at today. It's been canceled. It was shoved to the side. And there's, uh, I never played it. So <laughs> no, nobody has outside of people internally to probably Square Enix and Nexon, I think. So yeah, that uh, was a phone I had. And then I, the other day I, I dropped it. And then when I tried to uh, grab it in the air before it hit the ground, instead I slapped it very hard and uh, threw it at the table and then busted the screen in like a, not just like a, hey, the screen is cracked kind of way in a like, oh, screen's completely dead kind of way. So that was not fun. It's the first time I've ever had a screen on a phone crack on me before, um, which is kind of surprising given how many problems I have with like dropping 3DSs for some reason. But for some reason, my phones have always held up very well. But uh, this was the first time I really did some real damage. Um, so thankfully, a lot of the stuff I had on there was on an SD card that I was able to, to just pull out of the phone. But unfortunately, I did have stuff on the internal memory. So I did lose some stuff. So um, I, so if you want to actually like access the files on an Android phone, you still have to give like it permission when you connect via USB as like a security check kind of thing. And um, it sounds like you can kind of like enable a certain developer tool that basically makes you kind of be able to enable that, you know, externally through a different device, essentially. But otherwise, you have to be able to select the icon on the screen. And if I if I had been fast enough, there's a chance that I could have been able to transfer stuff off. Um, because when I did turn the screen back on initially, I could still kind of see what was happening. I don't know if the touch was registering properly, but I could at least kind of see what was happening. But then by the time I went and uh, went to, I just went and go to get replace my phone and grab a new one. By the time I got home, uh, the uh, screen was was basically un- unreadable anymore. I could not actually tell what was going on. You know, I tried to do some like kind of blind navigation to see if I could make it work that way, but it didn't work out. So, and it seems like you can bypass that security in certain situations with certain phones and unfortunately as far as i could tell the the ones i saw that you could bypass for the samsung phones at least somewhat easily um only went up to the galaxy s6 so i was like ah i got one one model too too late i should have got the lower end model so so yeah um one thing i was kind of surprised by this is kind of unrelated to uh video game stuff and things like that was just made me kind of realize when I busted my phone, like how much my work stuff is tied to it because I was like, Oh, like I can't authenticate 
anything anymore um to to sign in and do stuff um remotely or even at work to some degree because some things would lock down even even if i were logged into the office so it's kind of interesting to think about that aspect of it um when i (laughs) talked to to my boss it was kind of just like oh you should probably go get a phone quickly and so we can re-register all this stuff (laughs) so it made me kind of realize like oh that's actually a pretty important thing for me to actually get my job done at this point um i think probably the real answer to that is that you probably should have a work phone rather than a personal plus a uh, a work phone but yeah i don't know we'll we'll see um one thing i will also mention is i just noticed it happening is that um ever since i tried switching around things and making the, the ability to record and stream at the same time um i'm still running into some problems where occasionally the encoder is overloading and i don't know why i've tried uh dropping the 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 recording quality everything like that so if you notice me in the last couple of weeks freezing during the podcast um video I'm, I'm sorry about that but it's it's something i'm just not really sure what to do with right now because i keep having problems with that so i need to like spend some more time looking at it i'm not sure if there's just something going on there that i that i'm missing or or or, or what so anyways get back on the phone story though i got a samsung galaxy s21 plus it was kind of more or less the only phone they had that was not like budget line so i didn't really have a lot of options at the local store I went to kind of thing, right? If I, w- if I was like patient and went online, it would have been fine. But, you know, obviously I was kind of uh, didn't want to really like upend my entire work life thing to 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 wait, essentially. So I did go ahead and grab a, that. And so I was like, cool, 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 cool. Um, so I have that now. And, you know, I feel a little guilty because it was a pricey phone. Uh, but at least, you know, you get to pay it in monthly increments. So it doesn't feel as bad, obviously, but it does not still a lot of money, but, um, so, you know, now that I've got a new phone, I've kind of been encouraged to try out some new things that includes playing the first soldier, Final Fantasy, which was something that I kept saying I was not going to play because it's only on mobile. But now that I have a mobile device that is very capable, um, and I feel like I have to use it to get my money out of it, I was like, well, I will play Final Fantasy the first soldier um and it has gamepad support so i was like okay this might not be too bad so i played a little bit of that and you know i'm not gonna say that it's a great battle royale game it definitely feels kind of janky in a lot of ways um but but i think probably the thing that bothers me most about playing it on mobile right now is just like the fact that i'm playing with the controller right so i have it like sitting up on a desk essentially and the screen size even with like that 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 specific one i have um just feels too small for that type of game like it's really hard to read a lot of the text on screen i mean i can read it but it's just not like i can't like eye stuff very quick quickly and conveniently i can't just like skim something really fast like i i it's just kind of hard to tell with how small the screen is and then because the game has like so so much detail in the environments and things like that and i'm like trying to kind of like pick out people in the distance like just playing on a small screen like that is not particularly great so one thing i did do is i went ahead and purchased a like little dongle essentially that i can use to basically run HDMI out for my phone, which is something that I wanted to try anyways, because I might try to maybe look in a situation where I could capture or stream more phone games, possibly. Um, so I was like, okay, this is not like a terrible thing. So I'll, at some point, I'll probably, I don't know, we'll see. I've, I've got kind of a packed sc- stream schedule, but I do kind of want to stream the, the first soldier at some point. But yeah, in terms of the gameplay itself, though, it feels very much not so much like an Apex game. It feels more like a PUBG with Final Fantasy elements. So I think if this was before apex came out um i could see more of an appeal for this game 
But right now, I don't, I don't really know. It, it feels like it maybe situates itself a little too close to what Fortnite does and, and to what PUBG does. And obviously, there's kind of the Final Fantasy element of every, in everything. And in some ways, it kind of feels like Apex with some of the skills and stuff you get with the different classes. Um, but it feels like this game is kind of in this weird spot in between a lot of games. And I don't know if any of the certain particular elements like influence the game hard enough that, that it makes the game stand out a ton. Um, you know, obviously, I'm still very early on. I've only played about like probably about three foolish rounds um so i'm still working on that i did play team battle and unfortunately you know i'm not playing with anybody um that i know so i'm just queuing up with randoms and uh the first team battle i did we got and if you ever played a battle royale game this is not too uncommon but like you'll land somewhere and then basically the two character two play, other players will run off and do their own thing and then like it basically is like playing solo essentially um especially like if you're like a, a low level newbie they're just like we're gonna go play the video game on our own goodbye kind of thing and they won't really like i mean obviously you know you need to try to keep up with them but um but it's just not something that they they don't really consider you at all if you like die they just will leave you and stuff like that so um i i had that kind of round where like basically there was there was not a lot that i uh (laughs) i i got actually done outside of just running a lot in a very very PUBG kind of way there is a lot of running in this game i feel like apex gets away from that running stuff too much. I don't feel like there's a lot of like just running a, in a ton of space in Apex where, where PUBG and, and this game, you know, you have a lot of periods where you're just like, okay, I just got to go, go, go until I get to the edge of this ring. And you're just like sitting there jogging and jogging and jogging and jogging, um, which can happen in, in Apex. But I think that game is just like dense enough in its environment design that it doesn't feel that way where this game has just like this big kind of open areas, not as big as PUBG, but, but still kind of large areas. So um, so yeah, it was kind of fun. Uh, just had a, a fun time kind of messing around with it. I just don't feel like I'm at the point where I really know, you know, what the ba- best way to play that game is. You have like five or six different classes with like warrior, monk, thief, magician, or, or black mage or whatever it's called. And, um, as far as I can tell, magic seems like probably the most overpowered thing right now. It's, 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 it's pretty instantaneous when you get casted on and it does a lot of damage. Now you have a limited pool of it. So you got to kind of like, you know, be careful how you use it. But at the same time, when you're like in an individual encounter, if somebody hits you with like a, a high level fire spell, it's pretty much over. Like you have so little HP left. It's just like, unless somebody can distract them from damaging you you're you're pretty much dead unfortunately i'm sure there's 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 like you know good strategies to avoid magic and things like that and maybe there's like items you can get like you can get accessories maybe some of them nullify magic i just need to like better understand the items and hopefully playing on a bigger screen will help me like register more what items we're are picking up the game also kind of like auto picks up items for you so it can be a little hard to tell what you're picking up because the game's just like oh yes give me give me give me give me give me give me and so like it will pick up ammo and stuff for you automatically which is great um but then it's like some things where it picks picks it up for you automatically like i actually don't know what that was but now it's on me and and the tutorial they're like hey check your inventory and check the description but it's just like you know going into the pause menu in a battle royale game you know i mean it's something you do do in those games but like i don't know in in this particular case it's just it's not particularly accessible it doesn't feel like an overlay kind of going over the game in the same way it doesn't like an apex or PUBG where you have like your inventory that pops up and you kind of like switch stuff around this game feels like you're going into like a full menu that has like a pause pause screen kind of thing so maybe it's just the presentation of it or or whatever so anyways i had fun with it doing christmas event right now so there's like a christmas lobby you can stand in you get some christmas outfits a lot of people in very bright red colored clothes at the moment running around so that makes it slightly easier 
you to shoot them. <laughs> so, so yeah. But um, I'll look forward to playing it more when uh when I get that HDMI HDMI connector. The one thing I did notice actually with the with the S twenty one plus or whatever it's called the for the phone, um, it is like a wider aspect ratio. So it's not like a t- typical sixteen by nine ratio. It, it's longer. So like when you watch videos, there's like black bars on the sides of the screen and things like that. But one thing that's really weird is that the left side of the screenshots when you take screenshots in that game at least in particular um it will show like the edge of the screen where it curves and i assume what it's happening is because there's this this camera dot in the middle of the screen where where like the camera is embedded in the screen itself it's basically just cutting off that portion of the screen and like pushing it back so the camera dot isn't in the way of you playing the game or something so so the screenshots come out where the right side is like flush with the side of the screen but the left side kind of curves off in a way almost like a tab almost it looks very strange so but yeah, I'm, I'm glad I got to finally, you know, sit down and play that a little bit. And I hope to play some more. I don't think it'll be a game I really stick with long term, just being on mobile. But hey, maybe when I get that adapter, maybe that'll change how I feel about that. Being able to play it on like a large screen monitor and everything. Rather than like, I have my little camera mount I use for translating stuff. And I, I shoved it in there. I was like, had it like right in my face while I use the game controller, basically. <laughs> basically pre- treating it like a virtual boy without the uh, the self-containment unit around my head kind of thing and like closing off my eyesight from the rest of the world but that was the best way i could find to play it because if i set it on the table it just was too far away but if i had it right up in my face i was like okay when i'm holding controller this feels right and you know that's probably the closer like if you're playing with a touch screen that's closer to how you actually probably would be playing it is like you know with with it in your hands the touch screen where if it's on the table it feels like you're almost like you know it's almost I don't know, play, kind of feels like playing a Switch in some ways, but if the Switch was like half the size almost, so, and the Switch is like not huge as is, so. I went and played through one game, I think this was on Sunday night last week, so pretty soon after after uh, I finished the podcast probably, I don't remember what day, I think I podcasted on Saturday um, that day. And I played through Spy Games Elevator Mission. I think I talked about it on the podcast, actually, because I, I had just bought it. Um, I, is this is one of those games that it looks like a Wii shovelware game, and I'm not, like, expecting a ton out of it. I'm like, this is probably bad. And, like, the IGN review for it is, like, 2.5 out of 10. They call it one of the, like, worst games on the Wii. And it's like, this is a Nintendo 64-looking game you shouldn't have bought kind of thing, right? Um, and I'm not going to say it's a good game. That's, that's for sure. It's, I, I would really question, you know, how much effort was put into it. It's very simple, plain, repetitive, all that stuff. But I did find it to be fun at times. Um, it is a game that basically you have like 40 floors and you're an agent that starts at the top. You got to go down the floors and basically search for five data discs in this building and then escape out the first floor, essentially. So you basically go and you search the different floors and how the floors are interconnected depends on the elevator you go in. Some elevators only go down a certain number of floors and then the other elevators go down another set of floors so you got to kind of like run between different elevators and stuff and and you can kind of go back up and other elevators to reach entrances of other floors that you couldn't get normally um so you got to kind of explore like these these uh like sections of the building like 10 floor intervals essentially so you kind of go up and down in those and you find the data disc and things like that it's very straightforward and, and and basically the actual like level design of the game is basically all hallways there's like barely any distinct rooms outside of like towards the end there's like there's a couple of large areas that 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 are a bit more distinct but um it is all pretty much hallways with doors on the side and enemies just constantly flood out the doors over and over and over again um so basically all you're just trying to do is clear the way as fast as possible you have a time limit and everything you have a score you're getting too so you're basically just trying to move as fast as you can while killing things on the way essentially um but like it's a game that that feels pretty neat because you are just like constantly kind of moving you're just kind of constantly pushing yourself because if you 
you stay back and like sit there at the corner and like shoot, not only will things spawn like right behind you probably from the doors that are behind you, but also, you know, the things in front of you are going to keep spawning too. So you're going to not like make a lot of momentum and you have to search these floors pretty substantially. You have to kind of go up and down these 10 floors multiple times frequently. Occasionally there'll be data disks that are located on even further up floors. So basically say for example, you're on floor uh, 25 and they're like, oh no, the, the, the previous card was actually on floor 35 essentially. Or or you, you find out that data on floor 25. Like, so you'll find find a data terminal on floor 25 that you pick up and it's like, hey, actually, actually I think you have to kill enemies for it. So you kill like the boss of that floor. This is getting weird, weirdly complicated. So you kill the boss on that floor and then it's like, hey, there's, there's a data card on floor 35. So you go from 25 all the way back up to 35. You get the card. You have to go all the way back down to floor 20 to unlock the next section of the game, essentially. Um, the actual game itself is only like an hour and 30 minutes long. So it is kind of long, but you can save through it and you do get like a score based thing. So you can like get a high score. But, you know, honestly, I think like it's, it's repetitive enough that I'm just like one time through is, is fine. But the, the big thing was just kind of exploring how the building was interconnected, you know, trying to look at the elevators and be like, okay, which elevators do I got to take? How do I, how do I navigate up and down? through this 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 building um that i thought was like kind of fun just that kind of navigation aspect and then also just like the high speed aspect of having to constantly move to make sure you don't get stuck and then you know, also still try to avoid damage and things like that so the problem with this game is like the graphics are not great the the controls are functional but they're not like amazing um and then also like uh, the repetitive nature of everything being a hallway a lot of the enemies are basically exactly the same outside of how they look. They do technically fire different types of shots, and I'm sure they do different types of damage. But, you know, largely they're just shooting a bullet at you, essentially. So you're just trying to avoid that. And and depending on how they look and the, the color they are, they have higher health and things like that. So it's, it's just like an hour and 30 minutes of kind of the same thing over and over and over again. But I think that's like a, a good amount for, for what the game is. So there's a, there's a fun novelty to the movement of that game, to navigating the elevators, and that's kind of all that game needs kind of thing so it was fun i, I really enjoyed it and I, I think i will do like a casual review at some point although i feel like i just kind of you know said what i'm going to say about the game but hopefully i can say it a bit more cleaner uh, than, than how i handled that um although i might cut out some stuff so if you if it's like hey man what you talking about this is not as messy as you thought it was don't worry it was a mess i probably just cut it out <laughs> um so so yeah I also played some Monster Hunter stories. I think this was on Sunday as well. Um, I have been, you know, mentioning multiple times I want to try to get back to some RPGs, and I felt kind of bad because I haven't really done that. So I started at Monster Hunter stories to kind of just force myself to get started on something. Um, it is on a, a new, well, not a new 3DS, but a 3DS I was not using before. It's the one I'm capturing on that I'm using. And so the save data did not transfer over. So I had to start over again, which is okay. I never gotten very far in that game. I got to like the first snow area or whatever. And that was kind of where I was or where I stopped last, um, which was a while ago. I think that was like 2017 or 2018. I was streaming by that time, I think. So, and, and doing podcasts. So I'm sure you can go back and look and find what podcast it was. Um, but you know, it was, it was, uh, fun to go through the beginning of that game. You know, I'm still kind of really impressed by how good that game looks despite being on the 3ds right with a low resolution and everything it's just a really clean looking game and as you blow that up onto a larger monitor obviously that doesn't like you know play nearly as great as if you were you know simply uh playing on the 3ds itself even on like a 3ds xl i would say it does not look particularly amazing but when you have it on that original 3ds it looks really crisp it looks really nice and and i really like the aesthetic of the game a lot and so it really makes me really happy that they did do a, a sequel on the switch in like hd graphics and you can't play the original game on mobile as well i guess it's 
should note, and that's in HD as well. But there's no gamepad support as far as I can tell for that mobile version. So, you know, if you're okay with the touchscreen, then cool. I just don't like particularly like the touchscreen. I didn't even bother with the touchscreen in First Soldier. I just went straight to gamepad. I probably should. I probably learn should learn to play some mobile games with touchscreens, but eh. Eh, well, ones that are more action-oriented, I guess I should say. Like, uh, although, you know, Monster Stories is like RPG or whatever, right? But, like, most of, like, when I pl- think of mobile games using touchscreens, I think of interfaces specifically built for touch interfaces and things like that. Gameplay specifically built around that. Not so much like a port of a console or portable game to a, to a mobile phone kind of thing, so... And then the last thing I worked on is I spent some time on uh, the Nintendoji uh, uh, resources I'm putting together for that. Um, so if you didn't know, I was going to try to put together like an item list for Nintendoji to help it make it easier for people to play. Um, but when I was putting the item list together, I kind of realized there's some other things that I could probably put together to kind of help people. And then f- for all intents and purposes, at this moment, I'm basically putting t- together a full guide for Nintendoji. I probably shouldn't. It's probably not like, you know, probably way more t- effort than I should be putting into it. But at the same time, if I'm going to tell people about this game, I want to try giving people the different like uh, or, or giving people the tools to succeed if they do decide to play it um so so i'm gonna try to put that together as quickly as possible i was gonna try to play nintendo g and try to get to floor 50 is what it was i think it said 100 last week it's actually floor 50 um but i think in the short term what i might do is just focus on scripting the video um because i do want to get that video done and i think it'll be good for me to at least start on it so if i do have trouble putting something together i can kind of pause it and then go back to nintendo g and play some more nintendo g um and then come back to the script maybe work on a little bit more so try to hopefully better buffer up my time so I don't spend like an entire week just shoving my head against a script that's just not working, which is something I do from time to time. And that causes a lot of slowdown on a variety of processes. So that's, that's always no fun. Um, And then one thing I was also thinking about potentially doing here and, you know, Dreaming big. Ben is dreaming big right now. Uh, you know, the holidays are coming up. It's time to dream big. Um, part of me was like, well, maybe during the holidays, I'll play some Buddy Mission Bond. I really want to play more Buddy Mission Bond. Uh, Rowan from Platforms and Pitfalls was like, hey, I played some Buddy Mission Bond. I was like, oh, thank God. I'm so happy somebody actually has played Buddy Mission Bond that speaks English. Although there's like a review and I think like a Reddit post about that talks about the game online. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, oh, and I got really, really excited about Buddy Mission Bond. And I was like, oh man, I want to play more of this. And like, I, 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 I've been following all the fan artists and everything. I just love all the art they're doing and everything too. And I was like, I just need to get back to this. I I love that game. It's just, it takes so much time to get through. So, um, the other problem is, is that when I want to just like pop Buddy Mission Bond in and play it and I, I don't know how many people have these problems. I have these problems all the time with the Switch. And and recently, a friend of mine looked into it and and found other people have the same problems as me. I just, like, whenever my Switch just idles for too long, like, I don't use it frequently, basically, like, it stops charging, and then all the controllers die and everything, and then so I have to charge it all up, and then sometimes, like, I'll go and put it back on the dock, but because of, like, the order it was plugged in, it doesn't want you to, like... It doesn't actually send the video over properly, so you have to, like, unplug everything, wait a certain amount of time, plug everything back in in a very specific order, and it's just, like, every time I turn the Switch on or want to play the Switch, it's just always this nightmare, like, steps of, like, troubleshooting and things like this for me. And maybe it's, like, something specific with my setup and things like that with all my capture cards and stuff, but... You know, Nintendo has a support page on that kind of stuff on their website, and they more or less just say, unplug it and plug it back in. It's like, thanks, Nintendo. Like, like it it doesn't help that my Joy-Cons are dead, Um, although I I could have gotten, like, a charging Joy-Con controller, right, if I really wanted to. But, you know, I, I, or maybe 
I don't think it ships with one. I think you have to buy it separately. So, so yeah, I do have the you know, like little controller like grips that go on that have the the battery packs that connect to them. But I found when I've used those that you know depending on the game um, that like sometimes they'll just disconnect randomly. Like the, the actual battery power will stop going through, and so like and it's not the batteries that are dead. It's just they will stop charging to the controllers. So it's just like all these problems that get in the way of me playing the Switch. Sometimes they're just like I just want to sit down and enjoy some buddy mission bond. But no, I have this nightmare series of steps, and then my controllers are dead. So right now I have my my switch plugged in just like raw, just like USB-C port directly into the bottom of it. Joy-Cons on the thing, I'm like charge all of it, all of you, all three of you charge up, please, dear God. Because when I come back and I'm going to put this dock together and plug it in in the exact order that Nintendo says to, I want this switch to turn on and go straight to my TV and not be a nightmare, please. And thank you again. This is just my experience. I never hear anyone else really talk about this. So it seems like it's very much a me thing outside of the few other people I saw online who also talk about it. And it could very well be my setup. But that is that is the stress of, of playing Switch games for me, unfortunately. So, so yeah. Speaking of Switch games, Lunas Avenger Gunvolt G2 um, is uh, getting its, its U.S. release uh, announced or got its U.S. Uh, production timeline announced or whatever. Uh, bad news for me is that it is yet another limited run games release, which, uh, if you haven't been following the saga of me and limited run games, I don't have a problem with the company so much. I know there's some weird stuff that's going on with them recently in terms of, you know, how they're delivering to customers. There are individual issues they've had, but, you know, that's kind of natural to a lot of companies, but, you know, they haven't really necessarily handled them well. Like the Shin and the, Shin and, Shin and, Shin and the Water War? I, I'm, I'm pronouncing that wrong. Shin, Shin and the Water Why can't I pronounce it? She... Sheen in the water, whatever that thing. They like, they like made like a, they like promised like an audio CD and then they included like a download code instead. And people were, were mad and like, Oh, here's a $5 rebate kind of thing. So there's stuff like that that's going on. But my, my bigger problem with limited run games is just how long it takes for you to actually receive a game. Like, I think it was literally like a year and three to six months that I, that it took me to get Panzer Dragoon, uh, the remake for PS4. And like, I saw it at Best Buy like a month before I even, even got my copy. So I was like, I could have just gone and bought one and gotten it even a month sooner than that um but yeah so like i'm, I'm kind of sick and tired of waiting anywhere between six months to a year plus to get a copy of a game you know i got uh you know bloodstained curse of the moon 2 and like i would have been excited to pick that up when it came out and like i would have played it probably but because it came so long after i just at some point like i will get back to it but the the, the iron that I was going to strike with that is, is is gone it's out the window so the iron got iron has to come back and be hot again before I hit it again, right? So it, it, it's it's just stuff like that. I, I'm complaining a lot today, apparently. <laughs> apparently, I'm just going to be a whiny boy today. Um, but yeah, so so I just like, well, I don't I don't want anything to do with that. Um, so I'm not going to even bother with Blender Run Games release. Uh, I will probably import it because that will just be easier at this point, right? Um, so one thing that they are doing, though, which is nice, is they are adding an English dub, which I know to some people it's going to be like, ah, eh, just play the Japanese kind of thing. And I believe the Japanese should still be in there. I don't think they're taking it out. Um, however, one of the things that I felt like would have really helped Gunvolt 2 specifically is if it had an English dub because... When you look at Gunvolt 1 and Gunvolt 2, those games have dialogue that happened throughout the stage. 
It's a really action-heavy game, and and how that dialogue is paced um, is actually kind of bad, where where it always will cut itself off if you move too fast kind of thing, and that may still be a problem in this game. But it does take away the aspect of having to read text on screen while the game is playing out in this like action-oriented way kind of thing. So I really hope that's going to help with like making the game flow a little bit better. There's still the timing and pacing, like Kid Icarus Uprising got it like really nailed down, but a lot of games don't know how to time you properly in terms of your movement and and they really need to add a ton of like buffer just to make sure that you're not going too fast because otherwise it's going to cut off the character's dialogue every time you reach a new trigger kind of thing and it drives me crazy. So in Gunvolt 2 specifically, you have to spend a lot of time where you're just like sitting there waiting for somebody to stop talking so you can actually move forward or you can actually kill the boss or or whatever you're like i'm just gonna not even like fight this guy properly i'm just gonna wait until he's done chattering and then i'll finish him kind of thing so so there's two components of that with the english dialogue part and then also with the uh the pacing part so the english dialogue i think will help with like you know paying attention to it while you're playing the other thing though is that um they've t- traditionally used 8.4 for the localization of that game and people have pro- have had problems with that localization in the original gunvolt and in gunvolt 2 um and i don't want to say too much about like the actual translation and how it differs kind of thing in terms of like the actual meaning behind it and things like that um but what i do want to say is that I think there's something to be said about lining up your English text in a way that matches the Japanese dialogue on screen. And I think this is something that Yakuza did at some point, or at least with Judgment, where they had different English dialogue for the the, the text that was on screen when you're like listening in Japanese versus the dub kind of thing. And um, Gunvolt ran into that problem where like things would be happening on screen and you could like hear what was happening. And even without knowing Japanese, you could tell that like something wasn't, wasn't like right. Like it'd be a character sometimes literally saying something in English and the line of dialogue on screen would sometimes have like nothing to do with it or just like not even get anywhere close to it, which admittedly, you know, Japanese voice actors saying something in English and like uh, how they put the, the words together aren't necessarily accurate or right kind of thing. And I don't remember how accurate that wasn't thick in the actual, um, uh, uh, final game, but it just was like some lines just like did not match up in any way. There's lines where like a character would like just say dot dot dot, but they still were saying things on screen. So it, it was just there was a mismatch between the text and what was happening with the Japanese dialogue that I think you really need to kind of mix together. So I think Gunvolt 2 would, would have been a game that if you're going to go that way with the script where you're just going to be kind of willy-nilly with how you kind of pace the text and things like that without paying attention to the Japanese dialogue, I think putting an English dub is going to be better because then you can match what you're doing with the text kind of thing. Um, I don't know anything about voice actors really, but it, sounds, it seems like uh, Aaron Hansen's doing voice acting for it, which is the uh, Game Grumps guy or Awesome series or whatever he did the flash videos um which feels like a very anti creates thing to do to me for some reason maybe because of the whole night mighty number nine lineage with them um i don't know how aaron is as a voice actor so i don't know if it's gonna feel like you know him actually doing voice acting or it's just gonna be like oh that's aaron but you know that's kind of like a lot of voice actors right You're, once you get to know how they sound like you can kind of hear them but i guess the pro- the question is does he do actual good voice acting i don't know anyone else on that cast list though to say if they're any good or not so hopefully they are good um but but we shall see but i'm glad they're finally doing that and i hope they give you the choice i didn't check to see if they they said if you're gonna get the choice or not but again i will probably be importing that japanese version um and then just playing the english on there assuming it has the dub on there and if it doesn't as long as the english text is there i'll live i'll be, I'll be fine i'd rather have the dub but you know i'm not gonna wait a year however long for limited run games to publish their thing right it's, it just takes them way too long to do anything um one interesting thing actually 
um, with 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 the this Lunas Avengers Yeet coming out, is I was looking at the Japanese release date, which is like January twenty seventh or something like that, like like pretty soon. And Kogan, the the Gunvolt ripoff game that NT creates, kind of endorsed by like putting Copen in there as like a crossover character kind of thing, comes out the exact same day. <laughs> so so they're launching the game side by side, which is fascinating. I'm kind of curious how intentional that was, if that was intentional at all. But that's kind of like a fun little thing. It doesn't help me from the perspective of like I feel like there's going to be too much Gunvolt this year because I think Gunvolt Three is still scheduled to come out later this year. Um, but it does make it so if I'm going to buy both of them, then hey. I can get them all in one package with with too much tr- without too much trouble, right? Just order them at the same time. So, I'm on the fence whether or not I want to pick up Kogan. I would be really interested in seeing what a non-Inti creates made Gunvolt looks like because to me, and this is something I probably should do a video about at some point. Inti creates is a developer all about maintaining momentum and making the move set of a character fit into that right it's like mighty number nine can like dash through stuff it's why copen like flies around and slams into enemies and then uses his like skills that lock on and flies past him and shoots them as he's like flying past and then you have gunvolt which is a similar concept but you tag enemies with your pistol and then and then you use your skills to to blow them up as you're like running past them kind of thing right it's these games in my opinion at least they all are almost always about maintaining momentum while still engaging with foes and fighting them kind of thing um so so it makes those games feel like really unique in how they move and how fast they are and things like that so i'll be curious to see you know given uh this character in 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 this game the kogan being a melee based character um how that works do they attempt that same style are they successful in that same style it'll be it'll be uh, kind of interesting to also look at it uh, ahead of time because Gunvolt 3 has a melee based character now as well. So to see how those two different games like, you know, handle that type of character, I'd be very curious to see. So uh, I think at this point, I'm very tempted for, to get all three games with, with the Gunvolt and Kogan, Gunvolt 3 and Kogan thing very much being down to, I want to see what a melee character looks like built by Inti Creates, and I want to see what a character in a Gunvolt style game is built by somebody who's not Inti Creates. And then for the Lumish Avenger Z, or G2, um, I will say, as much as I don't really have a lot of interest in playing as Copen again, um, I, you know, I, I, one and a half games is fine. Like for me, Gunvolt and any creates games in general, I want them to be always thinking about what's next. I want them to keep moving on characters. I don't need them to sit here and stick on the same character over and over and over again, at least without significant improvements, right? Um, so if it's going to play just like, you know, the last game and, and how Copen played in Gunvolt 2, I don't really care that much. He does have like the special power-ups you can get and things like that, but it just, that's not a draw in for me. Um, but I do like the story of Gun, or Gunvolt Luminous Avenger G2, or G, the first one. So I'd be curious to see how that moves forward and in that, because it is a plot that I really wanted them to iterate on. And then I kind of felt like at the end of that game that they weren't going to. And I'm not sure if this game specifically does do that or not, but I'm hoping it does and, and I'm curious from a story perspective. It's the only Gunvolt game I've probably cared that much about the story aspect of it. And maybe not even so much the story aspect of it. I like the character interactions with Copen. I like the world in that particular game. And I like, uh, I think her name was Blade. I like Blade a lot as a character as well. And it'd be really cool if Blade was playable. I was kind of hoping that'd be the case given she's a melee based character. Um, but uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen between Gunvolt 3 and Kogan. But who knows? Game's not out yet. We'll find out. Um... So yeah, that that is kind of my big my big talk here in terms of game news stuff is is the Gunvolt stuff. Um, the the Game Awards I didn't really watch that much. You know the the thing is if you don't know for the Game Awards every year 
I uh, stream at the exact same time of the Game Awards, so I don't get to ever finish watching them. I watch, like, the first, like, half of them or something, and then I have to go do my stream. Um, and, you know, for the most part, you know, those events don't really have big announcements, usually for me, at least. You know, they do have big announcements, but not not usually for me. And this year was, was not that, that different. The one thing I think that did stand out to me, outside of the one thing I am going to talk about, so I guess there's two things that stood out to me. One thing that did was that Saints Row, the new Saints Row game. Um, I've only ever played Saints Row 3, but I will say this. Saints Row 3 and every Saints Row after that all kind of blended together at some point for me as an outsider to that, that franchise, right? Um, just visually, the, the tone, the design. And this game still very much looks like a Saints Row game, but... I think there is a change in aesthetic that sets it apart. So when you look at the things that are happening in that world and like, you know, I think they have the dildo bat again, right? Kind of thing. Like, like when you look at those things, all those very Saints Row things are still there. But I think aesthetically at least looks pretty differently, which I, which I like a lot so far at least. Uh, will I ever play this new Saints Row? Absolutely not, probably. I would be very surprised. Although I would have told you I never would have played Saints Row 3. And I did that. And that was an entertaining game. Played on a laptop that had no business playing that game. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Um, but you know, it was, it was a, it was a fun little thing to go through. It's, it's, kind of like co-op gta kind of thing that i did because i played it online with somebody so and i like the uh the the ending with uh um when it plays like the i need a hero song and everything and there's the mars endings thing all that stuff that was fun anyways i won't ever play that but i just i was pleasantly surprised by the new saints row game uh the other thing that i that caught my eye was the new sonic game sonic frontiers i don't remember how much they really told us about this game ahead of time before this but the big thing that, that i took away from it was just Kind of coming away a little confused about how that game works, which is a very good thing for me, because I, I will say, and I think I've talked about this before with, with Sonic, I'm kind of done with the current style of Sonic. I want them to move on from that, and I was kind of hoping Sonic Boom would be that. And then I have not played Sonic Boom myself, and maybe I will like it. You know me. I played Spy Games Elevator Mission and enjoyed it, so maybe Sonic Boom is something that I also enjoy. Um, but uh, I was kind of hoping uh, that 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 would be a newest style for that game, and it didn't really turn out that way. But I'm kind of tired of the Sonic Unleashed, Sonic Colors like type of Sonic game, and there's plenty of those, and there's some I have not played. Sonic Forces being one I have not played, so I don't really have any excitement for a new Sonic game that plays like that. I've got plenty of other options for that. Obviously, Sonic fans are going to feel differently, but but for me specifically, it's the same problem I have with like Mighty Number no. Nine being announced, and then then being like, well, I have 70 other Mega Man games I need to play. What is what does this matter to me? And then I found out I really like Mighty Number no. Nine, but not for Mega Man reasons, <laughs> um, but for very integrates reasons. Uh, but yeah, so so this game is basically, as far as it seems like, is going to be kind of an open world game, and it seems to be kind of taking back in that more like realistic aesthetic that the um, Sonic 06 and and that kind of like brand of Sonic game had, which was kind of interesting to see. Um, we've only seen like one area, I think, so far. It's just basically a big old grassland. So everyone's calling like Sonic the Hedgehog, Breath of the Wild. Also, Sega hired this man, which is like a joke for the Unreal Engine thing. It basically looks like looking like somebody put Sonic in an Unreal Engine like demo or something like that. So, um, but they really didn't show that much about the game, and and I am curious to see what that gameplay looks like. But more importantly, what does that structure look like? So, as an open world game, uh, I'm not very excited. I don't like open world games very much, to be to be uh, honest with you. Uh, but I will say this: if you're gonna have a character in an open world game, Sonic is a very fast character at the very least. So when it comes to those spaces that I really don't like in open world games, where it's a lot of downtime or kind of a lot of nothing going on, 
Um, I feel like a character like Sonic can overcome that stuff very quickly. Now, obviously, that depends a lot of how content spaced out and things like that. Like, Breath of the Wild is a game that everything's spaced almost perfectly in terms of, like, giving you little drips and drops of, of things to do. Um, but if you just have, like, a big open world of nothing, then, 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 then still a big open world of nothing, even if it's, like, you know, you moving very fast over that big open world of nothing. But it, it is the first game that really made me look at in a long time Sonic and say, what is this? How is this even going to work? And, and you know, what is the, the, the goal and thought behind this? And, 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 and how is this going to be received? So I'm excited for it. Um, will I play it? That's a whole other thing. I have not seen enough to really catch my attention at this point because it is just open world kind of thing. It's got me curious, but it has not sold me. Um, so at this point, I have no interest in, in pursuing it any further at the moment, but you know, I'll keep watching for those trailers. I assume, uh, you know, we got E3 coming up next, early next year, early next year, mid next year. I don't want to say early next year. What's coming up early next year. Gamescom Gamescom. I think that's like early or is Gamescom's later in the year. What am I thinking of? What happens like in the first half of the year? I don't remember whatever not like not like conferences even matter people just do live streams whenever they feel like it right and like okay here's a new video game so anyways either way we'll hear about it next year probably this i think it's like an end of 2022 game so unless it gets delayed obviously so i'm excited about that but that was pretty much it from the uh from the uh game world awards um apparently it takes two won the game of the year i did not actually look at the 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 the, the winning ceremony thing but as somebody who did not particularly like that game a lot, it kind of caught me off guard that was even on the list. So to even win it was kind of like, oh, okay. Um, but, you know, hey, good on that. I like I like that team. I like what they've done. I like the core concepts behind It Takes Two. Um, I personally like A Way Out better, but It Takes Two is a better playing game than A Way Out, at the very least. I can say that much. Structurally and pace wise and, and story content wise, I think it's probably not great. Maybe not even story content wise. Maybe I should say character wise. I think it takes two as a game that does not have very good, very likable characters. Nobody in that game is likable to me. And if you know me, if I can't care about any of your characters, I don't care about your story is basically what happens most of the time. Like it, it, it's, it's an unfortunate side effect, but like I can play a game with a bad story, but great characters, but I cannot play a game with a good story with bad characters because I just disconnect if nobody's involved in any of it in any interesting way kind of thing. So, and it's kind of weird because like I grew up in a divorced family or whatever kind of thing. So you think it'd be a game that would resonate with me. Uh, but it did not. <laughs> it's just like, all right, yes, sorry, I do not feel for this child really that much, this virtual child. Obviously, if it's a real kid going through that, that's a whole other thing. But when it comes to the story of this, this particular kid in this game, it's like, eh, whatever. Um, admittedly, that's very my, very much was my, my, uh, feeling towards my parents' divorce at the time. So it may just be an extension of that. <laughs> so, so yeah. And then a uh, last news story here, very, very this podcast centric. There's an Atokadol Christmas event happened on Pick Square. So if you want to check out some some Japanese Atokadol fan goods, you can get head out. Head, head, I'll have the link in the description for that, and you can go ahead and check that out. Um, buying from Pick Square is a little bit of a challenge depending on how people set up their accounts. Basically, in Pick Square, you log into like a portal that's very like RPG makerish. You like you're, you walk around this little like open world, and everyone's like set up on their shops, and it's like a top down like. 16-bit looking RPG and you go and you like click on their shops and then they have their their items listed you select it and then like a separate web browser it will open up the like page they have set up where they're selling that whether that be through booth whether that be through pick squared itself whether that be through a variety of other things so 
you can go and like order stuff from there, but you do typically need like a proxy service kind of thing for that. So, so it's not just as easy as just clicking and going most of the time. Booth has definitely gotten a lot better about that and buy ye and stuff like that, where they're very straightforward with like letting you purchase stuff. But when, and, and, and like I do actually you know, utilizing their proxy service, they'll, they'll handle a lot of the process for you and basically just charge you for the fee essentially. Um, but uh, in the case of PickSquare, it just really depends on what the person uploads their stuff to, what services they have. You might have to use a couple of other services. I had to use, I think, Ten- Tenseo or something like that for one, where like normally I would use like uh, Baiyi and I couldn't like use it directly through that for some reason at the time, at least, or at least I could not find a way to make it work. So cool to see that. I probably won't buy anything. I might stop in and just kind of browse around, but. I have I have a pretty hefty chunk of Tokadol Dojin goods here, and I feel like I don't have a lot of space more. Something would really have to, I think, blow me away and maybe like, oh baby, I need that Tokadol sweatshirt that definitely won't fit me <laughs> or something like that. I got my Tokadol socks. That's what I need right now. That's all I needed. Um, that, that, that's just ready for the wedding. Any kind of wedding materials. For my non-existent wedding with my non-existent relationship, but I will dream of. Oh, sorry, uh, I'll dream of wearing my Tokadol socks to some wedding someday. They're like gym socks too, so they like look nice. They just have the little like uh, Lu- Lu- Lucico uh, uh, symbol on it. So, yeah, um, yeah, and that's pretty much it um, in terms of stuff coming up. Hey, uh, so assuming all goes well. Um, this Saturday, so two days ago for you guys, I will have launched, soft launched a Patreon. I finally decided to bite the bullet on that. I had enough people ask me about it recently and I was like, I should do it. I was meaning to do it. I just kept pushing it off. So I'm going to soft launch a Patreon. So what does it mean to soft launch a Patreon? I'm going to put it live. I'll probably talk about it in like more of the narrower set of, of groupings that I have between the discord, talking about the podcast and the stream right now. Um, but I probably won't put anything out to like more widely advertise it until next year, early, early next year. I want to start as soon as I can in January, basically. Um, and the reasoning behind that is I still got to kind of figure out how things need to get uploaded on there and how to provide content. Um, so with the Patreon, I'm basically looking to do three levels. Um, again, I'll, I'll heavily stress that I do not need your money. Like in terms of survival, I'm doing perfectly fine and doing well. I have my job, um, but it is something that I probably should have done a long time ago. And, you know, while it would be lovely to make this my job and and be able to pay for my life with this, uh, we are we are a long way away from that. So the full time job will still be the full time job. And then the website tearing away at my soul will still be the website tearing away at my soul for a very long time, I assume. Um, So but anyways, I do want to make sure you guys get something out of it, though. And I don't want to take things away from you. I will say that. Like, I don't want to just lock this podcast behind a locked door just because I can now, right? So, so here's what I, what I did. Um, first I have a level one tier, which is, is kind of like the, the kind of thank you tier, but also it will have some like, um, unedited content that I upload. So I can't spend a lot of time on it, but I, this is probably going to be some random bits of things, like maybe stuff that's probably in line with how I talk on this podcast, honestly. So if you want more of me talking kind of rambly in some ways, uh, I'm going to try to upload stuff there. I do not have a schedule planned or anything like that, but I'll try to get you stuff as frequently as possible, as much as it makes sense. Again, will be not very edited almost at all. It will probably be even less so than this podcast. So it will, in some cases, maybe literally the raw audio file going up 
basically. Probably in most cases, actually. I just can't spend a ton of time on, 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 on like lockdown content right now. I just, I'm already overwhelmed myself with all the other stuff I already do publicly. That's, that's the thing. So that's the level one level. Um, second level is, is, uh, like a contributor role in some way where essentially, um, for the weekly stuff, like the podcasts and the streams, uh, I'm going to try to figure out a way for you to be able to submit questions to the podcast if you want. Um, I will, I have found a way to, to buffer time until we actually have somebody in that role to ask a question. So, so hopefully we get some additional questions in place, but I, I, I basically pulled a list of kind of general questions that somebody made about asking people about video game stuff. So, so that will probably be the substitute until we get an actual question. Um, but that will be in there for the level two. You can ask your question. Um, and then also I'll probably maybe put up some polls about stream games. This will not be every stream games. I may still make executive decisions about what games we play, but if I ask you about it on the, on there and like give you a poll, I'll at least to the best of my ability, you'll be able to play that game. You know, obviously there's some cases where it might not actually work out because of a technical issue or something like that. Um, but if I, if I say, Hey, we're going to try one of these four things and you guys vote for it, you know, 99.9%, we will play that, you know, sometime in the near future at the very least, or when it makes sense to move over to another game kind of thing. So that's kind of level two option. And the level three is, um, behind the scenes stuff. Um, so what does this mean? This means, um, as much as I don't want to share them, uh, rough drafts probably of scripts, things like that in terms of, you know, what things I might be actively working on. Um, this might be, mean rough cuts of videos and unfinished cuts of videos that you get to see a- ahead of time. You, you might even see finished videos ahead of time. I don't quite know what that's going to look like yet right now, but I plan to post things that I don't normally show that part of me does not want to show but but you know it's it, it is the work work process of it right so that is the stuff that i think is is interesting that's that's or maybe not i don't think it's interesting per se but i think if you're gonna want behind the scenes stuff you're gonna be want to see that stuff so that is that is my plan for that you're gonna see like some rough draft stuff potentially i might also upload some stuff about me working on some things like hey maybe if i'm hacking a system i can do something that i talk about that briefly kind of thing um or 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 try to record something around that um, during the process or, or something. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out. But at the very least, uploading rough drafts. And I'll probably also upload um, abandoned uh, articles, reviews, topics, things like that, things that never came to fruition. Some of them more complete than others. I'll probably give a little synopsis of exactly why something was not completed, uh, whether that be because I realized there's a flaw in it or because I, I did not find enough to complete it or literally just time, right? Got a Billy Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg review that is basically all wrapped up, scripted, and done, uh, but I never edited it because I went and worked on Battle Wonder World instead. And hey, maybe that does turn into a video someday, but um, you at least get to see that that text version of that in the short term until that actually turns into something. But I don't know. It, it is there because it is complete still, but I don't I, I don't really have a strong desire to make a video about Billy Hatcher. I think, um, unfortunately, so. Um, some of this, one thing I was also thinking, this is probably be more at the level one level, is maybe going into some of my old, old, some of my, into some of my old content and like reading some of that stuff aloud. So if you don't like want to read articles and stuff, I can kind of reuse some of that old stuff for, for you to listen to if you want to. So B- Benny Boy will read you a bedtime story about, um, why in 2012 or something he was complaining about 
video games focusing too much on graphics or something like that. Like it'll probably be very much like also a critique of my old stuff too and be like, this article makes no sense. Well, here you go kind of thing. So I think that's like my general idea. So yeah, essentially level one, some unedited content that will probably be largely audio focused. Um, level two, voting for stream and um, and uh, podcast topics and, and games. And then level three, behind the scenes content. That's the basic setup. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe and everything, I'm not going to stop you. Just know for this year, um, it will probably be um, a bit of testing to figure out what, what fits where and how to best set stuff up in there. Because I've never used a Patreon before. I had coffee, but I didn't really use it for content that I was giving out, right? So so I just got to figure that out. And and you can like mess around with it like pre-launch, but it seems like it, not, until you really start uploading content, you probably won't 100% know how it's going to work properly. So so I want to start with that. And then hopefully, you know, early, early next year, I will I will put up my, my you know, hopefully a short little video that's just like, hey, I do Patreon stuff. Yeah? Even if it's just like a pretty raw recording in the meantime until I do something a bit more fancy. But But yeah. So that is happening. Uh, sort of a theory, or happened. This off launch may have happened. So um, the URL will be in the description for this. I'll also probably try to set it up on various websites over this weekend. So on the main page, there'll be up be a Patreon link, I'm sure. You know, everywhere, YouTube, anywhere I can link it, I'll try to go ahead and link it. Um, the coffee's still there if you want to donate money there, but I have not really done anything with the coffee and will probably just decommission it to the point where you can still donate if you want to, but there's probably not going to be anything really going on there at all. So, so yeah. Um, in terms of upcoming content this week, though, uh, despite me launching a, a Patreon, I'm not going to have anything come out this week um, outside of this podcast and the, the stream. We're still playing sort of a Tyria for the stream. Uh, unfortunately, I was hoping we'd finish that last week. But hey, I got stuck on a boss for two hours. So, so yeah. So if you want to go watch me die to a boss over and over and over again, you can watch the stream from last week. Um, this week, we'll be playing more sort of a Tyria and hopefully reviewing it this week. But I get the feeling that might not be the case. I might be wishful thinking. But no matter what... What happens this week the week after we'll be playing cabela survival uh shadows of Cutmire, or whatever it's called we'll be playing that christmas week for the christmas stream so if you want to come hang out while i use gun to shoot screen you can do that the stream setup will be a little different because i have to be at least eight feet away from the tv in order for it to work properly so i will be sitting further away i will be using a headset microphone that will hopefully not give me any trouble and we will be okay audio quality might be a little less so than usual um but you know I, it, it, for one stream i think it's fine for the most part so yeah and then i need to kind of finish working on a like a year-end review video i probably i'm probably just going to throw together some notes I, again i'm going to condense it down to one video this year and i'm not going to script it very hard i'm just going to kind of hit hit the high points and maybe treat it more like a top podcast kind of thing. It's just while I would love to do the, the fully featured end of the year stuff I used to do. Um, it just takes a lot of time away from me doing the things that I really should be doing, like making a Nintendo G script so I can get that ready and hopefully done by February. Remember guys, I have that panel coming up. I used to submit to too. Wow. It sounds like a nightmare of stuff that you've committed yourself to Ben. Sounds great. <laughs> um, so yeah, Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. And then uh, check out the Patreon if you, if you haven't. Or, if, yeah, if you haven't, I guess, because potentially you could have seen it. Um, and then uh, check out the stream again Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific time is when we stream. And then, uh, yeah, if you didn't see it last week, I had a Totally Spies, Totally Party review that went up. So go check that out as well. It's like a Mario Party game with, like, combat elements. So that's pretty, pretty fun and, and a good time. Anyways, I hope you have a great week. Bye.